All right. Welcome to the Sedated Man. Finally, the Daughter Series Part 3. We were a little late, but I have somebody more than qualified to cover it. It's Sarah Peterson. This one is Part 3, Getting It Right. So, Sarah, I want to thank you for being here, and why don't you go ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, thanks so much for having me. It's so great. Um, it's a little bit about myself. I'm mama four. I've been married for almost 20 years. And um, I grew up Christian, and I still am practicing Christian. And, um, yeah, I live in Idaho, and I homeschool my kids. So, yeah, that's kind of a little bit about me. Well, that's awesome. So, so obviously, if anybody's been listening to the Daughter Series, the first one was about the abused. The second one was about the neglected. And this one, of course, is about the getting it right because you had a great relationship with your dad, correct? Yep. And you, yeah, still, you, and you still to this day have oh, a relationship. Yeah. I know. I do. Yeah. It must be, must be your fans. It's all good. So, yes, my dad and I are very close. So what was, what was your, your memory of your dad as a leader in the house as a kid? Um, you know, my dad, uh, loved to talk about his beliefs. Uh And so it was just always, it wasn't like difficult for him to talk about his beliefs, to share his beliefs, um, to open up scriptures, to take us to church. Um, it just was part of his life. So growing up with my dad was just, that was just talking, you know, it was just living our day-to-day life with him. Right. And he wasn't the type that just stood, stood in front of you and taught at you. He actually took time with you, made sure you understood that kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he, my dad was so good at explaining things, or at least that's how I felt, you know, as a kid. Um, but yeah, so we would, we would have things that like, we always had a family night every week. Um, and you know, he made sure to take us to church and, and there would be times where we would have questions. So it would be like, sit down. Okay. We're going to open up, read about it, talk about it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, it was just part of our day-to-day life, you know? So, so, so now he homeschooled you, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't you cover that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So um, my dad, my mother worked outside the home. My father stayed home and he homeschooled my sister and my brother and I. And one of the reasons that he did it is he wanted to be able to teach religion freely um, as intermingled with just the other education that, that we had. Um, mm-hmm. He knew he would be able to do that. You know, we couldn't do that when we were at school. So, so yeah, religious learning was just part of our day-to-day schooling and life. Right. And now as a result of that, you are a homeschooler yourself. Yes. You know, I always thought I was going to be normal and (laughs) (laughs) I had a great experience. I loved being homeschooled and I I never was bitter or upset about it. I'm a college graduate. I was a nurse for years. Um, so I, I feel like I'm a success story, but I thought, Oh, I'll just be normal. My husband and I thought we would just be normal. (laughs) And then my first child was born. And then I was like, um, (laughs) let's back up a little bit here rethink this. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. So, but that gave me the courage, you know, my dad doing it without the internet in the middle of, we lived in Alaska. And so if he did it, I was like, okay, I can try this. I can handle this. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then your dad, your dad ultimately being the homeschool or homeschooling you guys was a huge influence on whether you did it or not later on. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. did you ever ask him for, do you ever ask him for pointers now or did you when you first started? Um, no, I don't think so. I haven't asked him a lot for pointers. Did he offer them anyway? I was so involved. I mean, sometimes he does. <laughs> I mean, when I was trying to teach my kids to read, that was kind of a big one because I'm right. like, help me out here. And he actually had kept the book that he taught us how to read from. So, um, so yeah, but I mean, he's just involved. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's around and there'll be times where I'm like, Hey, can you teach this history lesson? I have a doctor's appointment. And so yeah, I don't necessarily know if I go to him for a lot of advice, but, but he's involved. That's good. So, yeah. so how would you describe your relationship then with your dad? as a young girl, as compared to now? Um, well, I was really close with my dad as a young girl, probably closer to him than I was with my mom. Probably yeah. because my mom and I are so similar that we <laughs> butt heads. Uh-huh. <laughs> so now actually my mother and I are very close. Um, but, um, so I probably spent a lot more time talking to him, seeking out his advice as a young girl. Mm-hmm. Um, than I do now. Um, although we will, and we talk quite often, but usually like in passing or whatever, but every once in a while he'll call me, even though he doesn't live far away, he'll like call me and say, let's talk like, you know, or I'll have a question and it's usually about something religious right? Um, where, or some world issue that I want to talk about it in a religious point of view. And so then we'll talk and have these great conversations. So as a girl versus now, I was definitely went to him first, like with my questions mm-hmm. or just chit chat or talk. We were really close um, and we're still close, but I feel like I turn to my mother more now mm-hmm. um, than I do for him. But I think that's probably a natural progression. Is he, sure. is he, is he still pretty close with your siblings as well? Oh yeah. 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 All all, all of us. Yeah. So you kind of touched on something there and I just want to back up to it. So did your relationship with your dad, do you feel that it influenced how you picked a husband, how you decided whether your husband was it or not? (laughs) Yeah, it absolutely did. So no, no questions at all. I knew how I wanted to be treated. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because I had watched my parents and my, you know, my mother, they have this story about when they were going to go get married and she just kind of laid it down. Like, this is how I will be treated. You will never, you know, do X, Y, and Z. And these are, you know, the ground rules. And my dad has treated her so well. Um, so I kind of knew that. Um, but I also wanted somebody who, um, shared my faith. So that was really important to me. So I, I made sure I actually only dated people with my similar um, uh, religious beliefs. Just right. because I never wanted that to become an issue because that was yeah. so strengthening in our family growing up with my parents really connected in their faith. Um, so, so your mom and dad were close. And, yeah. and before you even got married, when you just started looking, you had yeah. already started modeling that direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Sure. That's awesome. Oh so, yeah. And the interesting thing is 
well, this is like totally random. My husband and my dad have the same name (laughs) (laughs) and um, they get along so well and their personalities are different, but I know it's not a coincidence that the person that I wanted to marry had so many things in common with my dad. Well, yeah, they say that uh, a lot of times that daughters will marry uh, someone like their dad. And so that's the reason I asked you because, you know, there you go. I mean, without realizing you're telling me that you were modeling ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And so you were looking for somebody like your dad. Yeah. Even though I'm sure at the time, you know, when I was, you know, young adults, I probably didn't say, write down like, Hey, I'm looking for my dad. Someone just like my dad. (laughs) But I, the things I wanted were absolutely modeling like who he was exactly. or how, what kind of father he was or what kind of, um, spouse he was. Right. Well, with that being said, <laughs> I learned something interesting. I remember when I was the first few years I was married and, um, my husband would like let me down because he wouldn't do what I thought he should do as the husband. Like as far as like, uh, he, my husband's a good husband. But yeah. Oh no, I get what you mean. And just like, I'm like, you're not leading our family in prayer the way I would like you to, or things of that nature. And I kind of was hard on my husband about it. And then one day this thought of inspiration came into my mind and it was like, <laughs> your dad had practice, right? Cause I was told, I totally was like, well, my dad did this Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, get with it. You know what I mean? Like get with it. Yeah. And What's your problem? <laughs> yeah, what's your problem? Like, my dad totally does all these things. Right. And um, and then this thought came into my mind, your dad had a lot of practice before, by the, even by the time I was old enough to know what was going on. Yeah. You know? And yep. so, um, and then I kind of relaxed. And sure enough, you know, like I said, I've been married almost 20 years and my husband grow, growing into his role and, it, you know. Yeah. And I'm sure my dad did the same thing, right? Like I wasn't around when he'd only been married for like a year. So, yep. That'd probably be an interesting question for him. Yeah. (laughs) So how's your dad as a grandpa? Oh my goodness. So my dad's super loving. Yeah. He just, um, he can be very stern. So he has the kind of person who everyone listens to his voice. Like all children obey him (laughs) because of his voice. It's weird. It's so weird. But with that being said, like he is, tells his grandchildren how much he loves them, how wonderful they are, how he'll get teary eyed and just, he just loves them so much. Um, and my son, so my oldest is 11 and now my daughter, she's nine. So both of them will go to him and start asking him questions about history, about his life, about religion or whatever. And he, they love talking to him and having long conversations. And that's fun to see because I used to do that. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so that's kind of fun. He's, he's a great grandpa. That is way cool. Yeah. Um, so I think we kind of covered this a little bit, but yeah. so where can, or not where can, um, so looking back, mm-hmm. you, I'm just deciding how I want to put this. You absolutely, and everything that I hear you saying, appreciate the direction your dad took your family growing up. I mean, you look back and all you see is appreciation. Now, I'm sure there were times when you and your dad butted heads. Sure. Great guy or not. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We're human. 
when dad had to put the hammer down and say, Hey, look, that's enough of that. So, (laughs) but, uh, which he did. Yeah. Which he did. So, but you never had any less respect for your dad overall. You really appreciate it. I can hear it from the time he started that you can remember from the time that he started homeschooling you all the way through. And you've seen nothing but consistent behavior basically all the way through grandpa dumb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and you don't feel that as a grandpa, he's gotten soft because you said he can. Um, be firm. No. Yeah. I mean, he can be firm. I mean, his, his role is different, right? Yep, like role's different. Not, um, my children don't need him to be a disciplinarian um, right. because my husband and I are fine with that. So right. I don't need him to do that. So the roles are a bit different. Right. Um, but yeah, he's absolutely consistent. And one awesome quality that I've always appreciated about my dad, even as a little child, he would apologize to us when he was inconsistent or when he felt like he was out of line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, as a child, that really meant a lot to me, you know? Yeah. Um, and he continues that, and he still has that same – he still does it to this day. Um, you know, he'll apologize to me if he thinks maybe he spoke out of turn or gave me unsolicited advice or hurt my feelings. That's usually when I'm pregnant. <laughs> I'll start crying. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so um, – and, you know, he usually cracks some sort of like pregnancy joke and then it's not funny. So yeah, <laughs> but no, he's still, you know, I love that. So I love that thing about him, that character trait. Um, so that I felt like he was a very consistent person right? throughout his life. Well, that's cool. So, you know, obviously this interview isn't going to take as long as the first two did because when yeah. somebody does it right, yeah. When a dad does it right, it doesn't take as much explanation. We don't have to go into all the, all the alleyways and talk about what yeah. should have happened. So your dad sounds like an exemplary model for, you know, and, and let me say to all the guys that are listening, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of women listening to this one too, mm-hmm. because there is no perfect dad. We all screw up. All right. I'm a grandpa too. I screw up. You know, one of the hardest things as a grandpa, I can tell you, is watching your kids do things and saying nothing. Because it's not always the way you would have done it. You know, so you're like, you're like, oh, I know you didn't learn that from me. I'll wait for you to ask. So, (laughs) but no, but to hear you talk about him, I mean, it's encouraging. Men can, from the very beginning, through the teamwork of the marriage, can make the right choices, make the mistakes, and it's okay, but still come out with a solid family, solid foundation, solid values, and still be at their core a solid, decent guy that the kids and the wife will always look to. Yeah. And that's so the I whole idea. Yes. I have something interesting. So my father did not come from that same background. Both of my parents, but especially my dad, mm-hmm. were creating a family that was breaking um, traditions. Um, and so... I don't know if that is your situation or, or if people who are listening, I'm sure that they have that similar situation where they're, they've decided they made an active choice. We are going to do things differently for our family. Yeah. And that takes so much effort. I really, really admire that um, because of the effort it takes. And they really have to like really consciously decide how am I going to have this marriage? How am I going to have, 
you know, raise yeah. my kids? How, you know, how am I going to live my life? And so, so for my dad to go from not a very functional relationship with his family or parents yep. to decide he didn't want that for his kids. And mm-hmm. so he had to change things. I mean, it was such a conscious effort um, for him to decide, especially for his faith um, in God and Jesus Christ, those things um, he had to make the very conscious effort. That was going to be part of his day-to-day life. Yeah. So when including that in the way he was raising his kids wasn't extra because that was already just part of what he was doing. Right. Um, so those those two things like breaking that breaking that tradition mm-hmm. and then just incorporating his faith into just his life. Those two things right there, I think, are what really kind of um, I don't know. I think that was kind of the key for him in his relationship with me yeah. and his other children. Yeah, that was a, that's a similar story to mine in the fact that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> a similar story to mine in the fact that, you know, my last name's Baker. Being a baker uh, with my dad was not a good thing, and anybody before him was not a good thing. And we told the boys, hey, look, being a baker is going to be an awesome thing. Now, we had some, you know, <coughs> we were married before, and so we had some outside influences and some other things to deal with. But the fact that your mom, but we, my wife and I, uh, even though we were a mixed family, made the decision very much like your mom and dad did that, hey, look, there's no out on this. We've been married almost 24 years now. There's no out on this. We stick it through, we make it work, and we put this family at the core of everything. And we put our relationship at the core of that. Sure. And so and so, I'm guessing from what you're telling me, that's what your mom and dad did. Oh, yeah, it was. It was always them. We always knew. Yeah. Mom and dad were solid, yeah. right? Like and Daddy, did that make a difference to you? Did that make a difference to you yeah, knowing that mom was the most feel, important thing to dad? It just made me feel really secure. Yeah. I just felt really secure. Yep. Um, and you know, there were times where let's say I'd have a disagreement with my mom. My dad would come home and side with her and I'd be like, Oh, that's not fair. He doesn't know the whole story. <laughs> but I always knew that was the most important thing. That he had mom's back. So consistent. He always, and there were times where my parents would talk about it. And like come back to us and be like, okay, we thought this through. Let's try this instead. Yeah. Um, you know, but I always knew that no matter what, like his, he was always on her side. Yep. And it really just gave me a lot of confidence. Yeah. And I want, so if- I want the men and women listening to really hear that. <clears throat> uh, my wife and I have done a ton of marriage counseling over the years. And that is the one thing that we always pound home that in the beginning of creation, there was Adam and Eve. Okay. And there was something missing and people forget what that is. There was something missing and the Lord still said it was good. It's done. And that was children. There were no children and the world was done. It was perfect without children. Okay. Mom and dad are the core of that whole deal. If mom and dad drift, the family drifts and by your own admittance. And I think it's awesome by your own admittance, mom and dad and your family coming together, drilling down and making sure that relationship was solid gave you, like you said, confidence. You knew. I did. I knew and, where I knew where everything stood. It was no shaky ground. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's awesome, Sarah. Awesome. Yeah. So all right, Sarah. So what do you do? Where can people find you if you would like them to find you? Um, I have a public Instagram account. <laughs> it's called MLM Mom. Mm-hmm. Um and so that's where you can find me. Um Otherwise, I, I don't have a YouTube channel, but if you follow me there, like my YouTube channel will be forthcoming. 
Um, <laughs> so you can know it's just all about my journey. Right. And um, so, yeah. That's you awesome. Follow me there to find out how I make, start my YouTube channel. <laughs> all right. So here comes the question. The question we ask everybody, even though this is the daughter series. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> it's funny before I ask this. The first two videos, or the first two daughter series, I wasn't going to ask this question, and I was asked by the two ladies to ask the question. So I'm going to ask okay. you that question too. Okay. So, what is the one thing that you think churches need to change, based on, you know, what we're talking about? You know, your dad, your mom being solid, your family being solid, all of that. What is the one thing you think the churches really need to change? Well. <laughs> Don't be shy. Don't be shy. We don't don't hide things. Okay. That's a good question. Um, I haven't thought about it before, but the first thing I would think is um, to teach and empower dads, men, young men, um, to sometimes I think that we can get mixed up in life about what we're doing. Like, are we serving in our church or are we doing this for a job or are we, Mm -hmm. you know, what we're actually doing outwardly. But, I think the biggest the, is making sure that like our boys and our men, our husbands, fathers, that the churches are really encouraging like personal development, like of their faith. Um, and once that's core, it's seated in you, then everything else you touch, your business, your church service, your community service, like that will all be influenced. Um, and so like, I would love to just to see more, more of that, like, I'd love to see more of that um, in churches, just really helping men, like, have a testimony and to really, like, deep seed their belief. Yeah, that was one of the primary reasons I started this podcast. I don't think, I don't think it matters what congregation you go into. I think that's something that's, that's lacking in a lot of congregations. So, Mm -hmm. well said. All right, Sarah, well, we're going to close out. I want to thank you for coming. Now, if anybody is watching us, you always get the proverbial wave if it's the YouTube wave. And uh, if you're watching and you want to find the podcast, you can find it on Anchor. You can find it on iTunes, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Radio Public, CastBox, Breaker, and Spotify, and, of course, a few others I don't even know about. So just go ahead and leave a review on whatever your favorite platform is. Also, you can contact me directly at Instagram, on Facebook, or you can find me on YouTube. You can email me directly at mike at the sedatedmad.com. Uh, any show notes for any of the episodes will be found on patreon.com slash the sedated man. If you have any questions for Sarah and you can't remember, shoot them to me and I will forward them to her. Do you have any closing comments, Sarah? Are you good? Thank you so much. Yep, I'm good. Just thank you so much. I love talking about this. All right. Well, we appreciate it very much. And everybody else, go forth and conquer. <laughs>